Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I want to get right to it with Professor Robert White from the Quinnipiac School of Law. I mean, the news peg is, is pretty simple. Uh, Alex Jones filing for Chapter 11 personal bankruptcy on Friday in Texas. And, you know, really, what does it mean for the some one and a half billion in damages that's been awarded to families and people surrounding the Sandy Hook shooting? And so we just we were grateful to maybe get some answers. Uh, Professor White, good morning. How are you? I'm just well. Thank you very much. So um, the his business is filed for bankruptcy. Now, personally, he files from bankruptcy. He does it in Texas. And I mean, I've been told early on that, you know, you're not allowed to seize his estate in Texas because that's the law or whatever. But I guess my first question, you know, what does this what does this mean for the case? What does it mean for the one and a half billion dollars? Well, uh, a couple of things. Uh, one, uh, initially, it's going to uh, put a halt to the state court litigation unless the court uh, does something. Uh, the there was a hearing on, I think last week that was scheduled where some of the uh, plaintiffs that had obtained judgments were going to start putting liens on his assets. So the filing will stop that. However, in the long run, I think this is actually a good thing for the Sandy Hook plaintiffs. Why? Because the um, uh, there's a lot more financial transparency and ability to get at what he actually owns and what he may have transferred. Uh, Outside of bankruptcy, he can just um, delay, delay, and delay. Uh, Here, uh, I suspect the plaintiffs will ask for a, a neutral third party to take a look at his assets and where they're going. Well, you know, uh, it's, I, the, I'm sorry to interrupt, but this is where it gets confusing because I feel like sophisticated <laughs> lawyers find ways to hide assets, and you're telling me this is... Why would he do it if it might be more damaging him in the long run to expose where he's where his stuff is? Well, he, um, you know, the uh, he was about to have his assets attached last week. So he had to. Uh, he really probably had no choice, right. and most people would have would have done that. Uh, I, I, uh, you know, I don't. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to buy into the notion that lawyers know how to hide assets, but uh, it has happened. Uh, but here, there is a court. There are is a, a member of the Department of Justice, and there are the plaintiffs who have the ability to get at his bank accounts to see what's there, where the money went. A, a, a lot more, and the sanctions for not cooperating essentially would be to have a trustee take over his entire estate uh, and maybe even liquidate it. But um, so I, I think this could, in the law, there'll be some delay, there will be some complexity, uh, but I think in the long run it's good for the plaintiffs. Okay. And t- as uh, I think uh, Chris Matty is correct when he says the bankruptcy uh, code does not protect people who have committed malicious injury to another person. 
uh, in fact, those debts would not be discharged, and I expect there'll be a, a big fight over that. We're talking with Professor Robert White from the Quinnipiac School of Law here on Bryan & Company on WTIC. You know, there's no way to know, but what, what does the timetable look like for something like this? And, I mean, this is going to be years, and also, you know, will these victims ever see any substantial amount of, of money? Well, uh, two, two things. I think this will take a, a while. Uh, I think you're, you're talking more than a year. Um, I think, quite frankly, the ability to collect outside of bankruptcy would have been equally long, if not longer. Um, you know, again, they're not all the Sandy Hook plaintiffs have gotten a judgment. So right. uh, I think there's there's some more to come. Um, and this provides some equality. In terms of what they're going to get, um, you know, that he, he said in his filing that he has his, his assets are worth less than 10 million. Uh, there was testimony in Texas that it was north of 200 million. Uh, you know, it, it, either way, it's a lot less than a billion and a half. Right. Um, and, you know, wh- what are I mean, there was a lot. He was someone said he was making 70 million uh, a year. Where did the money go? Uh, so they'll try to find that. Uh, and, you know, quite frankly, what is InfoWars worth? Uh, it's worth a lot of money when you've got a <clears throat> someone like Jones spouting the stuff he does and people buy dietary supplements from him. God knows why. And, um, you know, as opposed to InfoWars without Alex Jones, right. uh, it's probably not worth much. Um, uh, so and I, I don't know what the plaintiff's goals are uh they may be more than monetary their goal may be we'll give up some money if we can take this guy out of commission right Uh, again i don't know that remains to be seen we're talking with professor robert white from quinnipiac school of law here on brian and company we're talking about the alex jones case the news peg is a friday's personal bankruptcy filing by alex jones i mean i I don't know much about him, but most of the stuff in Texas is that because this is where the business and his residents are based. Is that correct? And is there any advantage or disadvantage from the being so far away from, say, like Connecticut? Um, well, yeah. I mean, first of all, he is entitled to file there. His two businesses file there, um, and they're they're going to be coordinated, which is a plus for the plaintiff uh, for the plaintiffs in Sandy Hook, um, and. You know, I, I I don't know how the Texas exemptions play in. There's homestead exemptions based on the amount you have. I mean, it's not like, you know, you can't touch your assets in Texas. Uh, that's not the case at okay. all. Um, and, uh, you, you know, he hasn't filed the schedules yet about what he owns. Uh, and once he does that, uh, the plaintiffs and everyone else will have an opportunity to question him under oath about his assets asking specific questions, and they can follow up with subpoenas to get at records that would show where that was. And there's some severe consequences to lying. I mean, it is a crime yeah. uh, to lie under oath in a bankruptcy court. Whether that's a deterrent or not, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, this the, the real learning element to this whole thing, at least for me, is that, and I knew it, but this is, the judgment is just sort of the the beginning in many ways. I mean, we have a long Correct. long way to go uh, on this. We really appreciate it. It's good to have you on the show. Maybe we can follow up on this uh, the next time we get some information that moves the story forward, Professor. Thank you. Well, 
Stay tuned. There will be more. <laughs> Take care now. All Bye-bye. Right. Be well. Professor Robert White from Quinnipiac School of Law. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.